This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtTactic.com. Now on ArtTactic.com is our sixth annual Hiscox online art trade report. If you're in the art market, if you're a collector, if you're an enthusiast, if you're listening to this podcast, you should read this report if you want to get the latest pulse as to where things are in the online art space. The online art market's now worth an estimated $4.22 billion. It's up 12% of the last year. While it's a really impressive increase, it's actually slightly lower than the 15% growth we saw in 2016, as well as the 24% growth we saw in 2015. So with growth slowing down a little bit, where's the online art market heading? How will it mature? Make sure to read our report. It's now available on ArtTactic.com for free. And while we have you here, we want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you're a new or frequent listener, we always appreciate you. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get every single new episode on your phone or on your computer, wherever you subscribe to the podcast. And also, if you're in a giving mood, go ahead and search for us in the iTunes store and leave us a review. Now, here's a really interesting podcast episode with Katja Kazakina on the really fascinating correction and trend of collectors and museums increasingly collecting black artists. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Katja Kazakina, art market reporter for Bloomberg News. Katja has recently written a few really important articles about the correction happening in the art world in which collectors and museums are increasingly focused on collecting black artists. Katja, it's great speaking with you. How are things going? I've been great. Busy. Thanks for having me. Of course. Always great having you on. So we're seeing black artists being collected more and more prominently by collectors and museums after being neglected for so long. In your research and covering this topic, have you pinpointed how and when this correction actually began? Um, yeah, well, so it's, a, it's a really uh, welcome and um, timely correction and it's been long overdue um and you know there it's it, it's sort of interesting i've been kind of keeping my eye on it for a while and um but in a broad sense you know they're you know i've talked to a lot of people about it and um there are a lot of collectors who have been kind of quietly collecting um black artists and American, African-American artists, but also black artists from Africa and from other origins. And, you know, um, it, you know, I feel like what's happening now that it's just reached like this critical mass where um, it's museums, it's foundations, it's, um, you know, museums, I think, are the most significant key to this um, because, um, you know, otherwise... It, it almost like has certain characteristics of a bubble with prices just going crazy, but because the, there is such a strong base um, and there's such concerted effort by museums to really fill in the gaps in art history, that that I think that this is, I don't see it as a bubble. Um, but anyway, you know, you kind of can go back. I you know over the Amory show, which is where I kind of realized that wow. Like, this is really happening on such a big stage right now that it's not just this collector and this collector, like this auction record and that, but it's kind of very significant and very widespread. And there were a lot of um, black artists and they sold very quickly. Like I remember walking through the show and, um, 
you know, and just talking to dealers and the works were being snapped up. And then I bumped into uh, Mira Rubel and we started talking about this. And <clears throat> she said that, um, actually, I didn't realize it, it's been that long, but um, back in 2008, they, uh, the Rubel Family Foundation, they had uh, this uh, seminal exhibition called 30 Americans, and it was uh, 30 um, African-American artists. And since then, this um, exhibition has toured around the country and it's been to more than a dozen of museums. Um, you know, it's scheduled to go to another, like it's basically by like 2020, it, it would have gone to like almost 20, I think, museums. And the final, I don't know if it's final now, but the last like, there's a website with all this information, but, you know, it's going to the Barnes Foundation, for, for example, in 2019, like very prominent museums. And so it's, it's really, it was a very important, I think, show for, for people to realize this backlog um, of talent, you know, just, you know, four generations at least, you know, of just in contemporary art. Um, and then, you know, of course, the, the Studio Museum in Harlem has been crucial to, to raise the profile of, of a lot of contemporary artists. And, you know, if you look at the kind of the, the most successful artists working today and those who are being rediscovered, you know, a lot of them have been in, uh, in exhibitions there, had had residencies there. Um, so that was also very important. Yeah, it's interesting because when you see a set of artists rise in value on the art market, you don't typically see museums concurrently trying to add these artists to their collections, but that's the case here. There's this convergence where museums really want these artists and prices are increasing significantly, making it more difficult for museums to acquire these artists. So how important has it become to museums recently to acquire black artists for their permanent collections and how successful have they been at this task given the price surges? I think, I mean, it's it's critical to them. I mean, it, and it's critical to museums around the country. And I think that um, they have been doing it quietly, you know, kind of without maybe advertising it very extensively, but some longer, some shorter. But, you know, I think that they have gotten kind of under the wire, you know, with prices when the price is worse. And, you know, I mean, look, prices still are relatively low if you compare it to, you know, there's still artists mostly undervalued. I mean, you know, we're not talking about Basquiat, you know, who very tellingly is, a, you know, a Haitian artist, but he's a black artist, you know, and he is the most expensive American artist at auction. Um, but um, so, you know, it was interesting, like I spoke, um, like MoMA, for example, right? So, so since 2010, um, the six curatorial departments at MoMA uh, purchased or acquired, um, I think, more than 430 works um, by African-American artists. Um, also, like for example, um, museums also doing quite interesting things, like Perez Museum in Miami. They, um, they got grants. Um, about a million dollar grant that they spent um, over like four years and then they raised, replenish it essentially this year and they're putting it into an endowment uh, that would generate small income every year that they can put towards acquisitions of um, African-American art 
essentially, no matter who's on the board, who who's a director, so we'll always have that money um, that, that they can do and bring in, you know, additional uh, patrons to help them, obviously, um, buy this work. So these are just a couple of examples. But, you know, if you start looking um, at, at, at the market and the art world through this prism, it's really very striking while I was working on the story. You know, like every day I would get um, an announcement from the museum about an exhibition, about uh, an auction. You know, there is just a really this tidal wave that's happening. It's very exciting. And so who are some of these artists that collectors and museums are really focused on that you've identified in your articles on this topic? Sure. I mean, it's really, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, so, it's so across the board. It goes from really emerging artists to artists who are already dead, men, women, every style. It's just, it's completely wide. But so, okay, for example, um, Sam Gilliam is one of these artists. He is alive. He's in his 80s. You know, Mnuchin Gallery in New York had his beautiful exhibition of his works in January. You know, Mnuchin Gallery usually shows Warhols and de Kooning's, you know, and so this this was, you know, just a fantastic show, but it's, again, very telling. Um, now, just coincidentally, you know, Williams um, College Art Museum <clears throat> A university college museum has currently an exhibition um, around their new Sam Gilliam uh, piece that they um, acquired recently, and it's on race and and, and art, and it also includes um, Barclay Hendricks, a very um, a wonderful artist. You know, with his work is there. David Hammond is is in that same space. It's a very small exhibition, beautiful, cure. Uh, you know, of course artists, I mean, younger compared to, to that other generation, you know, has been incredibly prominent. He has been included in the Venice Biennale. He represented the U.S. Um, a year ago, and uh, just, I think in March, a painting of his sold at Phillips for a record price for him, $12 million, and it was acquired by the Broad Museum in Los Angeles, you know, so that Eli Broad, billionaire philanthropist, you know, purchased it for his museum uh, there. You know, let's see. Um, you know, if you again, you know, if it was any 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 museum. You know, there are a lot of women, you know, uh, who are experiencing this sort of renaissance. Uh, Faith Ringgold as well. Um, you know, again, like I, I think that the Crystal Bridges Museum. Um, that um, just acquired uh, Faith Ringgold. Uh, tapestry um, in in recent years from the collection of Maya Angelou. Um, also, uh, MoMA just received a gift last week from Steve Cohen, who's a major collector of uh, modern contemporary art, of um, a, a painting, very famous painting by Chris Ophelia, um Black uh, Virgin Mary. It was a small film uh, because um, almost 20 years ago now. Uh, uh, Mayor then uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, wanted to ban it from the Brooklyn Museum exhibition uh, of young British artists' uh, sensations. So it's the painting that has two lumps of elephant dung. And uh, so now this work is going to enter Mom's collection and it's going to be on view there. And it again just shows that um, the collectors of this work have um, kind of, if they were niche, um, now they really have expanded um, beyond that niche. 
So we're seeing galleries beginning to represent and show these overlooked black artists. Does this trend apply to younger black artists as well? And could this be the start of more younger black artists being shown by and being represented by galleries? Yes, completely. Um, I think I think galleries are scrambling and and um, to to add black artists to their programs. Um, and you know, it's um, because collectors are asking and they you know want to have um, this work represented in their in their collections. So I think everyone is looking, and um, everybody is. is wants to have. It's interesting. When we see these kind of trends, we think of the market and will these trends last? From everyone you've spoken with at the museums and collectors as well, does it feel less like one of those trends and more like a correction that's permanent? Or is it too early to really judge? I mean, I think that it's um, it definitely has that bubbly sense, you know, and it has a little bit of a manic kind of a starting or, you know, I mean, essentially something that happened overnight, you know, so I was going to say that for people who've been kind of looking at this art for, for years, you know, they, they see it more as a long progression and finally this is happening, but this is really happening right now. And so I think that uh, we're going to see big price shifts, you know, for individual artists, but I think that because of this, um, underpinning interest of museums, and I think that ultimately it's it's about how we as a society look at art, and you know, market kind of catches up really, but later, but you know, we we've neglected you know this whole group of population and their creative output for for generations, and so you know, I think it's it's paramount imperative for for, for museums to. To, they're literally going back and they're filling in these holes, you know. Um, for example, you know, one of the works that um, MoMA just recently acquired through, through their patrons um, last week was announced is, is a painting uh, by Barclay Hendricks. It's their first painting. You know, the artist uh, died last year. He, you know, he was older and yeah, but they, they don't have a single work of his. And the same goes for many other artists. You know, MoMA still doesn't have a painting by Basquiat, for example, and now they're priced out. You know, they have to wait till somebody gives it to them. My point is that it's it's really kind of one of those instances when the art market is only a component of a much larger shift in culture, in, in larger culture. Um, so I think that, you know, it might cool off maybe a little bit later, but I don't think it, it's one of those bubbles that we've seen, you know, like for for other trends. Yeah, I, I agree completely with you on that. And so we have the major May auctions upcoming next month. Do you know yet if there are any black artists who we've discussed or you've written about who will be featured in these auctions and maybe there we'll see a significant price correction in a very public way? So the catalogs are not uh, completed yet, so we don't really know exactly what will be in in the sales um, other than these big trophy works that have been announced. But um, uh, it's interesting that um, the studio... 
Saturdays we'll have a separate, I think, sale or a group of works um, to raise money for a studio museum in Harlem. And so for that sale, a lot of very kind of fashionable artists, who black artists who are working today, um, are going to contribute work either by uh, making new work or um, by just donating work. And it's really like, it's a great split. I mean, it's, it's like pretty much who is who um, of, of, of like the top um, arts. You know, of course, it's Mark Bradford and Sam Gilliam and Rashid Johnson and Jadeka Crosby and Glenn Liga and Julie Mehertu. You know, it, it, it kind of goes on and on. So I think that that sale, um, also because it's so um, special, you know, it's, it's 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 a charity. You know, the money goes for charity for for studio museums, new home, and uh, that's going to be built uh, soon. So I think um, it will kind of have an added component. But so, but there will be a lot of work um, in this context um, in May. Well, we'll definitely have to keep our eye out for the catalog featuring those works as well as monitoring the results to see how things go, and more generally, just how this correction really plays out in the art world in the short and medium term. Katya, thanks so much for joining us to discuss this really interesting topic on the increasing presence of black artists in both museum collections as well as collectors' homes. Our listeners should definitely check out your writings on this topic on Bloomberg.com if they haven't already, and you're also on Twitter tweeting about the latest in the art market. And you always have interesting news, especially this time of the year, in advance of the May sales. If our listeners want to follow you on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, it's Art Detective. Perfect. Thanks so much again, Katya. We always appreciate it. Thank you.